This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. You could support this show by going to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Happy 500th episode to you. Yeah, 500 episodes, my friend. I'm so glad I bullied you into starting a podcast in a Chili's all those years ago. Right? It worked out. And at least three of them have been not embarrassing. (laughs) Thank you to everyone who came out to Solemn Oath with us last weekend. It was so, there were many of you. It was so So cool to see you in person. Solemn Oath people said something like 50, which is insane. Yeah, it was fun. So fun. Um, I should go outside more often. It was really great. We brought the dog and somebody, I can't remember anybody's name, but somebody's twin <laughs> eight-year-olds took upon took it upon themselves to train my dog. So she would, they would come back and be like, she's really good at walking on the leash now. She needs to learn how to try, jog on the leash. And I was nice. like, great, thank you. This is important work you're doing. It seemed like everyone who was there was, uh, they were all talking to each other as uh-huh. well. Good connections, yeah. good community. It was fun. Thank you again. You get used to the people doing the thing where they look at your face because they're not used to seeing a face make the voice that you make. Oh, and yeah. they kind of look yeah. at you in a weird way for a little bit. You get used to that, but it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it was super fun. So thank you so to everyone. Fun. Thank and you for celebrating We with will us. be reading periodically throughout the episode some nice things you've sent in as well. We've eliminated all the mean things like <laughs> some of you have said. Yeah, truly, you guys. Um, I So last night I posted on the Friendly Atheist podcast page um, just asking everybody for any thoughts or reflections on, on our show. Uh, so I'm going to read them here um, throughout. I'm going to start with one from Alex G., Thanks for keeping keeping me company during my night shifts in the Bible Belt. I personally love how excited Jessica comes in with jokes and Hammond is able to put a pin in his sentence and patiently lets her punch herself out (laughs) until they're back on topic. It's delightful. Honestly, people have used the word punch herself out to describe me making jokes (laughs) more than I'm comfortable with. Love it. Um, I also, before we kick off, if I am sounding bad or messed up or whatever, it's been a really bad week. Um... For uh, reasons unrelated to the podcast. For reasons unrelated to the podcast. Um, uh, a dear friend of mine, my husband's, her name was Susie Fisher. Um, she died of brain cancer, and it's devastating. Um, it was, she was Mikey's roommate when we were first dating, and she used to call me toothbrush because when we started dating, she, Mikey was like not saying anything, and she's like, I see a toothbrush in there, and <laughs> she was just the best human. Um, I miss her a whole lot. Um, and then, <laughs> um, Sunday night, we lost uh, one of our horses and, uh, one of our, and one of our goats at the Hanson Center, so it's just been nonstop shittiness. Um, my husband's still out of work. It's just been a miserable summer, so um, I'm going to pull it together while heaven starts, but that's just what's going on and why I am not going to be a regular human for a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, um, go on. I will go grab a tissue. You do that. Tough thing for anyone to go through. I realize I can't do a segue after that, but I'm going to go ahead and thank some of our uh, recent Patreon supporters for your help. Again, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And again, I read these names as you enter them and you will ex- understand why I say that in a second, but thank you to David S. Christina L. Andrew Torres should be ashamed of himself. Melissa S. Adam H. Matt B. Daris C. Robert T. Sarabin. 
Jenny D, Jail's Tent Peg Sharpening Service, Andrew C, and A. Alex. Thank you for supporting the show. And I'm going to, because I have uh, uh, the privileges, privilege of co-hosting the show, I'm going to go ahead and just plug a project I just launched on Kickstarter. If you saw anything I did on YouTube for the past forever, I've been going through random books of the Bible, the first five books of the Bible, like chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And now I'm going to go through the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And so if you want to join me in going verse by verse through the book of Revelation, it is wild and crazy. We should get matching biblically accurate angel tattoos. I veto that That should be a stretch goal Uh, for us. (laughs) I'm pretty sure everyone in my life would oppose any stretch goal involving a tattoo. Nobody in your life sees your skin or your body or your face, so So you can go to Kickstarter. There is a link in the show notes if you want to support everything wrong with Revelation in the Bible. Uh, Let's get this thing funded quickly so I can pay my video editor. It'll be (laughs) awesome. And with that, Let's start. Oh wait, I'm gonna do another one. I'm oh sure, do one before like I start a thing because there's a lot of them. You guys sure. have nice things to say. Um, this one is from I'm just going in order, bang. Uh, from Daniel D. Uh, thank you both for for the good things you put into the world, but a special thanks to Jessica for checks notes taking talking too much on her own goddamn show. Apparently, <laughs> seriously, good job. Uh, both of you, all the best. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. So let's start with the story that took off on its own last weekend. And it involves like Footloose, the documentary taking place in Louisiana. Basically, Wait. a student. Wait. You'll hear why. There's a student, a senior at Walker High School in Louisiana. Her name is Kaylee Timonet. And she's a senior who looks amazing on paper, like president of the student government, has a 4.2 GPA. She plans to graduate early so she could start college in January. Mm. Um, And then last week, she was removed as student body president. She was told by the principal she she would no longer be eligible for a scholarship that the school gives. And what did she do to deserve all that? I mean... Is it dance? It involves dancing. Oh, God. It turns it? out they went to homecoming, mm-hmm. a bunch of them. And after homecoming, they went to, I guess, some friend's house. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, a party put together by a group of friends. Kaylee's own mother was at the party. So it's not like a crazy rave. Sure. This is a parent-supervised yeah. party. Um, and I guess the DJ who they had hired for the party uh, took video of the kids dancing because they were having a great time. And apparently some other girl was twerking or something. And Kaylee, being a friend, is like by her friend dancing alongside her. And that's it. Like, as far as high school dancing goes, that's pretty normal and not that weird at all. Not at all. And somehow this video gets back to the principal. By the way, I should say her mother has said, I was at the party and there was, quote, nothing inappropriate taking place there like she's watching her daughter dance she's like yeah that's how kids dance it's fine yeah it's kids having harmless fun other kids were dancing too i personally having not been there would bet good money that the kids dancing at homecoming were probably doing Doing the same thing far worse than anything you would have seen at that after party even at the even the dj who took that video said later it was genuinely kids having fun Okay, so, whose hands did this fall into then? The, somehow the, principal. the principal's hands. 
And so the story is that a couple days after the dance that weekend, Principal Jason St. Pierre, he calls her into the office. And basically, this is according uh, to the mother. The principal told Kaylee that her actions went against the Bible. <gasps> yep. Was this a, is this a Christian school? Oh, no. It's this not? is a public school. Oh, no. Yep. And so the next morning, Kaylee has a meeting with the principal. She said he printed out Bible verses to give to her. And she was so, like, distraught by everything that is happening right now. She forgot to take those papers from him. But oh, I would have burst, that is I burst said, into tears. Right? And according to the mother, I couldn't believe they could do something like that to a kid. A kid with a 4.2 average and, and like, part of a club. Being that separation of church and state, I'm, the mother's like in a frazzle here, yeah. but being that the separation of church and state exists and that they don't know what my faith and my beliefs are as a family and that's not for anybody to do other than my family. Good. Also questioning her and demanding an answer if her friends follow the Lord and she's answering, I don't know. She should not be questioned or spoken to about faith at all. It's a public school, not a private school. He has no right to discuss any sort of religion with my child. Oh my god! I spoke with the mother Good when for all this her happened. To stand up. The mother also said, "I didn't see this in the reporting." He apparently also gave her a bracelet that said, "I love Jesus." Um, the principal didn't respond to my request for comment. Are you kidding? So all of this I know, happens. What would Jesus do, bracelet? Right. And so all this stuff happens. The principal not only pushes the Bible on her as if like she's doing something unbiblical. One, as if she was twerking in the Bible. Yeah. Or dancing near someone who's twerking, which is really not in the Bible. Because she wasn't the one even doing it. Were there consequences for the student in question? Not that I know of. So what are we doing here? What are we doing here? So the mother says all this. I mean, again. Why is the Bible coming into the picture? There could be a reasonable debate to be had about whether and how public schools should punish students for certain off-campus decisions. That happens, and we can discuss what the limits of that might be. Sure. Even then, what the principal did in this case, forget the Bible. Yeah, but that's like DUIs. Yeah, exactly. And crimes. Yes. So even if you take the Bible out of the question, we could also make an argument that what the principal did was overreach. Mm. But when you throw religion into the mix, it is so much worse. Wow. Like that's you, miserable. you need religion to justify condemning a child for something as innocuous as dancing. Jesus. So when I spoke with Kaylee's mother, Rachel, she told me the deep irony in all of this is that they're Catholic. I was going to say, I bet they're... <laughs> The principal is pushing the Bible on people who already accept the Bible. But what Rachel told me is that she always taught taught her kids don't proselytize because it's a very touchy subject, religion. Yeah. So something that personal is definitely not meant to be used as a weapon. She told me, if you are trying to shame my child by saying her actions weren't inappro- weren't appropriate in the Lord's eyes, that's not okay with me. And that's what Kaylee said when reporters reached out to her. Uh, Kaylee, the senior, said, Mm. all I was doing was having innocent fun. I was mortified. So when it felt like everything was thrown in the trash, no matter all the things I had accomplished because of this video of me dancing, I felt like a failure. I really felt like I failed. So leave it to Jesus to make a really good student feel like shit for daring to have some fun before she graduates. I have a question. (laughs) 
Is there any chance there's a racial element involved here? They're all white. They are all white. Everybody okay. involved here is white. I was very, very concerned that the student was black and the teacher mm. was white, and then I was going to have to I'm be mad. pretty sure everyone involved in the story is white. Now, here's what was awesome to see. After this, this all mom, went down. This mom is the awesome mom is to awesome. see. After all this went down, it seemed like a lot of Kaylee's friends waged a little social media campaign where they all changed their profile pictures to this image that is a girl dancing. It's like a ballet dancer. It's like a stock footage image with the with the wording saying, let the girl dance. (laughs) I stand with Kaylee Timonette. Um, And I think they had shirts saying that as well. That's great. So without any other information here and mind you, the principal did not comment as these things were, as these reports were coming out, it seemed like the principal was in the wrong here. Right. Uh, There's no explanation for why he chose to shove a Bible in her face. Like, if you're using the Bible to defend purity culture, that doesn't belong in a public school, much less running a public school. I just, I'm really... Like, has the superintendent said anything? I am just In the first days when all this happened and the first reports came out, the answer was no. No one was responding to anything publicly. Rachel, the mother, told me no one from the school reached out to her since the story began going viral online. She was hoping the administrators would try to make amends, but at least a couple days into the controversy, nothing. She had heard other stories from students and parents about how this principal had pushed his religion on their families as well, and she did not know that. And she told me she would consider a lawsuit. She should consider a lawsuit. Yeah. Like, honestly, even if, like, the scholarship and shit comes back, this kind of thing is damaging to a young woman because the shame that young women walk around with constantly that is applied to them by the adults in their lives is constant. It is always... People are critical of how you dress. People are critical of how you speak. Being a young woman is really, really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. This shit is going to fuck her shit up for a long time. Like, the 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 idea of having fun somewhere, doing something that's innocent and lovely, and maybe there's consequences for no reason. Like, it's this is is madness-making. It is. And what's frustrating is, even if she's in the right, which I believe she is... When you Google her name now, these are the stories that pop up. Oh, I didn't even think of that. It's going to follow her. It's going to follow her. So all of this happened about a week and a half ago that she got pulled into the principal's office and told all this. So over the weekend, mind you, this is a week after she gets, she's dancing. The principal on Sunday finally issued a long statement. I will read it to you because he does apologize. Okay. And he does... Oh, let me read it to you. You tell me what you think of it. This is Sunday. This is posted to the... Oh, so- Sunday. The- God's day. It is God's day. It's posted to the school's social media sites and whatnot. Okay. Good afternoon to the high school family. I believe it is necessary to respond to the public attention that has resulted from my actions regarding Kaylee Timonette's participation in a dance party that was sponsored at an off-site location following our homecoming. I have had time to consider my actions, have conversations with the Timonettes, and meet with district staff. First, let me say that I have apologized to the Timonettes, and I am hopeful that my scheduled meeting with Kaylee's mom will rectify the situation and allow Kaylee to enjoy the remainder of her senior year at Walker High School. I'll pause there. Good? Bad apology so far? Well, he hasn't apologized yet. 
He says, I, uh, he, he hasn't apologized. He said, I have apologized to the family. Uh, well, okay. I Second, wasn't there. I don't believe right. you. I think you're lying. But Next whatever. little bit. Okay. I will be reinstating Kaylee's position on the Student Government Association. Um, the rest of it paragraph is not that important. I do believe um, our student government members are held to a high standard of student behavior. While I stand by that premise, I do believe that standard deserves the input of not just myself and top administrators, but also those student leaders. I hope to create a path moving forward where we can work together to create clear expectations for all. Listen, if he was apologizing for doing this because somebody swore or played a prank that got out of control, this is all fine. He has yet to explain what she did wrong. Okay. And he has yet to explain why a quote-unquote higher standard means you can't be near a person who's dancing. Yeah, that too. Next paragraph. I will be reinstating my scholarship endorsement for Kaylee. Uh, At Walker High, we strive to place our students first in every decision so they may be prepared for whatever career path they may aspire to take, and I believe my action will assist in doing that. I don't... Okay. He still hasn't apologized. Like, he still hasn't apologized. I don't care what he has to say. I don't care what... uh, Okay, he's rectified the... The, the 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 physical damage that he's done, right? He's put the things that he can put, right? He hasn't apologized for fucking this girl clean up. Mm-hmm. Next Can't paragraph. Wait to hear that part. Finally, during my conversation with Kaylee regarding the dance party, the subject of religious beliefs was broached by Kaylee and myself. Oh, by Kaylee and myself. Mm. Oh. While that conversation was... Also, can we talk about the use of the passive voice? <laughs> the conversation was, was broached. broached. Nobody broached it. It just was broached all on its own. Yes, by Kaylee and myself. It's just like how people keep, like, ending up shot. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yes, every police press right. release. Exactly. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow this person got shot. No Don't know action how. words, though. Yep. While that conversation was meant with the best intentions, I do understand it is not my responsibility to determine what students or others' religious beliefs may be. That should be the responsibility of the individual. All right. That's not... I'll finish up the letter. That's still not any... Like, he's not apologizing. He's just... He's parodying things people have said to him. I do not believe for a fucking second this guy thinks he did anything wrong. As principal of Walker High School, I am faced daily with many difficult decisions for the interest of our students and employees that are never taken lightly. Please know that I always strive to place our students first in every decision. It is for that reason that I have taken this corrective action. And okay, then so he other, didn't apologize, is what yeah. I'm hearing. Uh, he says that he apologized, and he acknowledges <laughs> that people think that he did wrong, and yeah. so he put those things back. Does does it sound to you like this man has learned any lessons, Hammett? It does Does it sound not. to you like this man has taken responsibility for it his was, actions? It was a start. Because it was he not did a finish. not say, because he said, it kind of irked me that he said this was, it's not his responsibility when in reality, he should have said, it was inappropriate for me to do this. It's yeah. not not Don't your Don't say it was in the best of my intentions. It's yeah. that it doesn't matter what I thought. It right. didn't you work. You did bad. I and did bad. you violated the First Amendment, which is like the big one. <laughs> um, no, this guy hasn't learned fucking shit. And it sounds like he's going to see no consequences for his actions. And now this woman is going to be carrying that cool scarlet letter around with her for literally the rest of her life. Because this guy was uncomfortable with seeing teenage girls be mildly sexual. Mildly is putting it, I think, too far, right? I, yeah. I, like, listen, I I'm not going to deny that, like, 
there are sexual elements to dancing, but like, dog, they're high schoolers. Like, again, go watch Spring Awakening. You can't <laughs> shelter teens away from like having hormones and feelings, you fucking idiots. So, Kaylee and her mother responded to his message too little, too late. For one, and one of the points they made is, hey, that scholarship application was due <gasps> earlier this month, no. October 3rd. So your endorsement at this point is meaningless. It doesn't negate the harm of foisting the Bible on her. And again, they like and they said. Humi- I want to be clear. This man humiliated this young woman. I don't mm-hmm. want to put any kind of words around it besides that. This man found out a girl did literally nothing wrong and jumped on that opportunity to bring her into his office and shame her personally. Even though this was, as we keep saying, like a star student. This wasn't, and if it was, I want to be clear, if it was was a a bad student, it didn't matter. That doesn't matter either. But this man's only, uh, only goal was to humiliate this woman because he thinks that that is how you keep women in line. If you humiliate women for being sexual, if you humiliate women for being happy, if you humiliate women for having fun, then what is left for them? The mother. Obedience. Obedience is what is left. The mother responded that, yeah, he mentioned reinstating the scholarship. Quote, I let him know that the scholarship deadline was done and the damage that he's done to her is done. I also told him I gave them the opportunity to, like, respond. When I came in there at 7 o'clock the next morning to try and rectify the situation at that point, now with somebody holding his hand, forcing him to do something, an apology being enforced, it's too late. I am in love with this woman. Does right? she want to be my friend? I hope so. Um, Kaylee also posted good a TikTok. I love an angry mom. Right? And, like for a righteous oh, Yeah. No, <laughs> Let's be clear. Not moms for liberty, like the <laughs> no. actual good moms. Yeah. Uh, Kaylee also posted a TikTok explaining her version of the story. Importantly, she denied the part of the statement in which the principal said the subject of religious beliefs was broached by Kaylee and myself. Kaylee says she did not bring up religion Yeah, at Kaylee, all. we know. Yeah, she said that that's me. not factually true. And at the end of that video, she said, now it's time for legal action. Good for her. Now, sue I, him. They sue have not, him. They sue have not him sued. Personally. But interestingly enough, shortly after his Sunday announcement was released mm. online and the family's like, no, this is not it. Yeah. Um, another bombshell drops. St. Pierre, the principal, requests a leave of absence for the rest of the school year. Uh-oh, what happened, bud? This is a guy, by the way, who was recently named a semifinalist for the Louisiana Principal of the Year Award. Well. And now he's saying, I'm going to take off the rest of the year. I'm requesting the board accepts my request for a leave of absence. I should say another outlet that first reported this uh-huh. and, like, got the story first. They said he said he's resigning. I cannot confirm he's resigning I think he's just saying, I need to step away for now. So the leave of absence seems to be the fair way to put this. Okay. Um, Anyway, I mean, I don't know what the right phrasing is. Leave of absence seems accurate. Do we know if he, this was his choice or if this was, okay, so we don't know. Don't know if it's a leave of absence or retirement. Don't know if it's paid or unpaid leave. Mm, That's pretty critical. But either way, he's not there the rest of the school year, apparently. And I don't know if his leaving negates the possibility of a lawsuit either. I don't know why it would. Because he already did the things in the position that he held, like him not being 
you know, not being principal anymore doesn't change fucking anything. Yeah. So I, I don't know where this ends. I will say the family was quick to respond. Both of them were mm. quick to respond to me when the story first broke. But apparently... Both of them, the mother and daughter? Mother and daughter were quick to respond. They were lovely people, by the way, as you might expect. Um, but that story really soon after it went so viral. Like it's being, wow. I saw articles about it in the guardian. I saw articles in like national, international this is a sites. National embarrassment. And then when I reached out to them for follow up and stuff, I did not hear back, but I think it's cause they're inundated with yeah. uh, things. So I, I don't know where this goes from here. I hope there is a way for Kaylee to <laughs> enjoy the rest of the semester. She has Jesus left. Christ. I don't know what happens now. Uh, I don't know if a lawsuit happens. Graduating early now, man. Yeah, get no the kidding. Fuck out of there. I love that her friends. I mean, the kids at the school seem to all just universally be on her side for all this and supporting her openly and visibly. Yeah. I, wow. What a wild decision by this principal. Yeah. Like, what could he possibly have thought was gonna? Like, what do you think the consequences of this would be? I don't know. I because it. It sounds like even if he says he's doing everything with the best of intentions or whatever, um, I don't know what legal grounds the school has to stand on because there is a difference between trying to bringing up the Bible in a way to try to send a message versus like I'm a teacher in a classroom or a principal and I want to shove the Bible in everyone's face. Like there is a legal argument to be made that he wasn't actually trying to proselytize. He was just trying to point to it. I don't know that you have a legal standing to say he was pushing the Bible on the child. I don't think that it's going to be like a religious based thing. I would think it's just a straight up and down like, this was inappropriate conduct for a for a student. You treat, but a also stu- inappropriate conduct like that when you punish a student or over punish a student. Yeah. I don't know that you're going to get a lawsuit out of that. So I don't know where their lawsuit I, I feel goes. Like they can make a. I mean, not that I know, but it seems to me that they could be able to make a case for just uh, what do they call it? Uh, punitive damages, right? Of yeah, you fucked up know. this girl's life and you owe her money for that. I don't know if that. I I don't know if there's a case to be made there. But again, we're punitive, not the lawyers. Right? Yeah, sure. Uh, Why isn't your wife on this podcast? (laughs) She's so much smarter than both of us. No kidding. So I don't know what the answer is. I haven't seen any church-state separation groups say, like, we're sending a letter to the school saying this, partly because maybe the principal took himself out of the picture by saying he's doing the leave of absence. So it's like, if the question was, we need this guy to say this was inappropriate, well, he said, best of intentions, but I should not have done that. So they got that message out of him. Um, and also, what do you want the school to do? Because if the answer is we need you to say something to the principal, get him out of the way, well, he's taking care of that himself by leaving the fold. So, again, I don't know what a church-state separation group could do at this point I, that he hasn't done already. Yeah, I don't know that I don't know that church-state separation is going to be the, the issue here. Like, obviously, that's like our, but overzealous, our lens. But overzealous administrations, but not really the basis of a lawsuit. Denying somebody their, like denying somebody their scholarship and taking them off. Like, I, I don't know. This doesn't feel, it doesn't feel above board because it's not like, think, oh, yeah. she, oh, no, that's she where got I'm at. like kicked it doesn't out of feel a club. Abo- it's not above board, but it's also not a crime. It's just a bad decision yeah, by a guy who to... made bad decisions. And yeah, then he tried like, to take it back and it was too late. You don't have to commit a crime to be sued for something. Like, he made their lives miserable. I don't know. I, I, I maybe still I go back I'm to, I don't think you can, you can't sue over, I mean, people can, have you, bad teachers all the time. You can sue over pain and distress. Like, that happens all the fucking time. 
same. I feel like that was the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing was just them suing back and forth over their emotions or whatever. Like I, I'm sure you can accuse him of being abusive in some kind of way because he fucking swung his tiny dick around to make her feel like shit. Because it's a scholarship. It's not just like, oh, a club she's in or whatever, a grade. It's something that is... There's a monetary damage. There's there's monetary and emotional damage that happened, and that's easy to point to, and it's his fault, and he should be held held to account. I don't care if he took a little vacation. Yeah, if his leave of absence is... I would kill to take a leave of absence. (laughs) I have three fucking jobs, and I'm doing them all today. I would love to take a leave of absence, my dude. That's not punishment. That's a vacation. Agreed. Yeah. So I don't know how this ends. We'll keep following it and we'll go from there. Do you want to read a happy note from somebody mm. before I get to the next story? This is from Christiana D. De Leon? Yeah. We like her. Yeah, we do. I just don't know if I'm supposed to say people's last names. Who cares? Uh, I just really appreciate you both and how you approach so many various topics. And just a small bummer that there was no celebration episode for number 420. LOL. Hashtag devil's lettuce. It's very funny. I'm going to do one more. It's from Simon Simon H. from Australia. I've listened to a lot of atheist podcasts, and this is by far my favorite. He spells favorite with a U. That's how you know he's Australian. Always informative and entertaining. I'm never worried that some scandal is going to come out and disappoint me. Just great vibes. Give me time, you guys. I love you guys, and I'm sorry that I live in the other hemisphere. Here's 500 more. That is truly one of the things that I'm most proud of of this podcast is, like, I have no worries that Hemet is going to do fucking anything See, out of pocket. when you say things like that, that's what's going to What are you going to do? Get... You don't even like talking to women. You're not going to harass them. I'm not going to harass people. What are you going to do? What's the scandal going to be? Rob a bank. Oh, if anything, you would get busted for, like, fucking plagiarism, dude. Like, you're not going <laughs> to do something around a bank. You're setting me up for a downfall. Yeah. Yeah, I sure cruel, am. This is cruel. really a... It's <laughs> really like a prelogue for our story of... Love it. How would this all fall apart? Last weekend, I had my in-laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com Friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Let's talk about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. No, I, no I'd rather not. Too bad. Not. Um, so in, earlier this year, Arkansas passed a law supposedly to help their education system, and it included a voucher program where you can get money to go to private schools. 
Um, and part of the legislation that they passed said that these vouchers or education freedom accounts. No, they did not call EFAs. Them ed- I'm going to call them EFAs. Education freedom, freedom accounts. So embarrassing. Um, they have to give a report to the state legislature as to how things are going. Sure. So the first report on these EFAs was just sent to the legislature. So it's public. Mm-hmm. So now we know for the first few months that this law went into effect, uh-huh. how have people been using the money they now have available to them. And like, if you support or don't support school choice with big quotation marks around it, Uh the criticism against school choice is that really it's a way to funnel taxpayer money to private schools. And a lot of them are religious schools almost entirely, which is why we have a problem with it, which is why we have a problem with it. And basically this report confirms all of that. And this is, this is how Sanders communication director put it. Nearly 5,000 students at almost 100 schools have enrolled in the program, offering families across Arkansas the chance to choose the school that best suits their individual needs and helping every student have access to a quality education. To which a critic said, this report should be deeply disturbing to the taxpayer residents of Arkansas. Yep. Here's what they found. The big takeaway... 95% of the students in the program, meaning they are using taxpayer dollars to attend a private school, Mm -hmm. they were either already in a private school (laughs) or they are beginning their formal education in one as kindergartners. Okay. So most of the, these are not public, I go to a shitty public school and I want to go to a good private school and I'm going to use the state's money to allow me to do that, which is how they like to advertise this. Well, I mean, the kindergarten one doesn't, that feels okay. Like, oh, our school, local school is not great. I mean, you're assuming, you're assuming these kindergartners would have gone to a theoretically crappy public school and we don't know that. Well, and I guess if I'm taking like two steps back, (coughs) <clears throat> I think the more important thing is if your public school is so bad that you want to find another school, maybe we should fix that school instead. Yes, and we'll get to that in a second. But basically, 95% of these students either attended a public school or had very clearly could have gone to a public school in a lot of these cases. In the first case, if they already attended a private school, that means their parents or the schools were already paying for their education before the program went into effect. So why so do they, they need money? they could financially afford it. Yes, And also of the 24 schools, and this is part of the report, of the 24 schools that enroll the most EFA participants, 21 of them are religiously affiliated. Hmm. That is another thing. This is a giveaway of taxpayer dollars to religious schools. Um, As of this, as of now, as of this podcast, $7.1 million was already spent on this program so far this year. By the end of the school year, it'll be an estimated $32.5 million. That's according to this report. Mm. And here's the thing. This program um, is only open this year to first-time kindergartners, students at failing schools, students with disabilities, students experiencing homelessness, and a few other groups. And there's an argument to be made that in some of those cases, like if you had a disability that required you to go to a certain type of private school, we want to help you in any way possible. If you were in foster care or you were experiencing homelessness, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, we want to help you in any way possible. That doesn't mean taking you out of a public school, by the way. No. But okay, fine. Like why so, do, the reason they're opening it up to first-time kindergartners is to get them in the mix at a private school with taxpayer money because now you're in the system. And now you're not going to want to leave the system later on. 
Um, and if you were, again, the, the opening for first-time kindergartners now means there are about 1,500 students going to mostly private religious schools at taxpayer expense. That's not great. I don't think that's what not the founding ideal. fathers wanted to happen. Do and you think the founding fathers would be super happy that... Um, that women folk are going to schools? No. Actually, that's a good point. But I was going to say that uh, the country is willing to let its schools run to shit so they can turn a profit and slash or make kids religious. Do you think the founding fathers would have been like really down with that or not? Because I... They would have thought about it before they told the kids to get back to work in the cornfields. That's a good point, too. Um, so within the next couple of years, though, this program, as legislated, mm. will expand to anyone who wants to participate, which means more money will be given to families. Wait, it wasn't it open wasn't, to everybody? Not anybody? yet. Like, if I just want to go to a private religious school, uh-huh. I don't get access to the money this year. Oh. But in next year or the year after... All I have to do is say, gimme? Yep. That really? Means, yep. That means more money will be given to families that can already afford private schools but want to help Republicans destroy public education, whether that's their stated intention or not. Well, that's, that's how fine. vouchers work. Because even uh, the Arkansas public schools, I'm sure, are outstanding. I'm just going to do a quick Google Arena yeah, and see one. Alabama public schools. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, the, this e, uh, EFA program is part of a more controversial learns Act, and I'm not going to waste your time mm. telling you what learns means. 39th in reading and 40th in math. Yeah. And as one Democratic State House candidate pointed out, this program will soon become an expensive subsidy for wealthier families at the expense of everyone else. Perfect. And like you mentioned earlier, why aren't we helping the public schools get better? Instead, they're siphoning money away from public schools mm-hmm. to use at private schools that don't really need any financial help. I mean, it should go without saying also that private religious schools, like by definition, indoctrinate kids in faith. Sometimes they teach blatant lies about science and history in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Those schools are also not necessarily held accountable for what kids learn there. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think EFA requires those schools to offer a standardized test, but there's very relatively little oversight of what they do. This year, the schools don't even have to be accredited in order to belong in the program. What? So you can just go to any school you want. Fuck charter schools. Yeah. Um, so while the state has to be transparent about where the What's funding the point of a is not going, accredited? it might be in the future? Question mark. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're going to like Liberty or Patrick Henry That's College fair. later. But if the state, if the state has to be transparent about where the money is going, which is why we have this new report. But the schools getting the money don't have to be public about how they're spending the money. Mm. So one question to pay attention to in the future is, okay, how these voucher recipients, how do they do academically compared to their public school counterparts? Mm. And right now it's too early to have an answer to that Mm because it's barely the first semester, but that's worth keeping an eye on. But like, okay, vouchers have always been a gift for families that want to send their kids to private, mostly Christian schools. And this is just more evidence that Republicans are happy to take important funding out of public schools if they can re-gift it to a bunch of wealthier religious families. Because that's what's going on with this money right now. Mm. That's what Huckabee Sanders is doing in Arkansas. That's what Republicans are helping her do in Arkansas. Um, As one uh, critic of it said, wouldn't it be more prudent to use these public funds, mind you, hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of the next few years, Mm -hmm 
wouldn't it be more prudent to use these public funds to expand educational opportunity, high-quality school options, use data to inform rulemaking, and ensure strong fiscal stewardship of public funds by investing in our current public schools with that public funding? Great question. Who said that? That's a critic. Oh. Uh, that is from April Riesma, who is... Uh, a special ed teacher in a public school district and oh, the Arkansas Education Association president. Oh, got you. So wow. that's what Arkansas is doing with its money. They're so Very brave disturbing. and proud down there. I really am so proud uh-huh. of being an American today. Of course. Do you want to read a happier thing? Um, yeah, this is from Danny N. <laughs> Thank you uh, both for being a much-needed, exactly, from someone who lives in the Bible Belt. You both have added value and sanity to my life, and listening simultaneously brings my anxiety levels up from the content and down from your friendship with each other slash your beliefs. I hope you're able to continue for at least 500 more, because I will surely need it. Um, I'm I'm just going to do two, because there's a lot of here. A lot of here, I said. Uh, from Sarah H., I'm still a person of faith, but I've really loved this community and the podcast. Honestly, when it comes to politics, we're completely aligned, and I share the vast majority of your criticisms of religion. You are making the world a better place, and I've always felt welcome and included, even though I don't have the nun label. <clears throat> that's nice. Oh, that's very that's sweet. Really nice. Thank, Thank you, you for those notes. Let me jump to a story about climate change. Um, so when it comes to the climate crisis, here's what a new report tells us. I don't need this right now. You'll take it. Non-religious Americans recognize climate change as the existential what? threat it is. White evangelical Christians are far, far behind. This is a survey from PRRI. And here's what it says. This oh, is the God. chart I'm looking at. From 2014 to 2023. Those are the two data sets we're looking at. The question is, is climate change a crisis? Is it like a real problem you need to worry about? Uh-huh. And over the past 10 years, what we found, for what it's worth, right now, all Americans, only 27% of us think climate change is a crisis, which is very low and not wonderful. Honestly, I have spoken to these people, and I just... A woman said to me, they've been telling us this is going to happen for 50 years, and I haven't seen it yet. And I just wanted to be like, ma'am, have you... Watch the news or gone outside. Well, they do watch the news. Uh, yeah, that's true. Just I had the to, wrong channels. I had to cancel horseback riding lessons and keep all of our horses inside because the air quality was so bad because of Canadian wildfires this spring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no problems there for me personally. So the 27% of Americans who say climate change is a crisis. Oh, also, it was 105 degrees. <laughs> that is up from 23% a decade ago. Again, still way too low, but it's up a little bit. But 27% right now, that's the number to keep an eye on. When it comes to religiously unaffiliated Americans, Uh we have gone up from 33% to 43%. So 43% of the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, believe climate change is a crisis. That's still not very many. That is still not very many. That's way too low. I blame the others, not atheists specifically. But 43% say it's a crisis. Now, compare that to white evangelicals. A decade ago, only 13% of white evangelicals said it was a crisis. Did it go down? Did it, it go down? It went down. I knew it would go down. How much more could it go down to 8% today? 8% of white evangelicals think climate change is a crisis. We're all going to die because these people are too fucking dumb to look around. Seriously. This is what's going to happen. We're going to die 
oh my god, it's idiocracy. Jesus Christ, we've gotten uh-huh. there. Um, by the way, that 43% of religiously unaffiliated people who accept the climate crisis, 43%, that is higher than any religious group that was measured in any way. Um, PRRI that did this survey, they did not break out the numbers for atheists specifically. Oh. But if you're curious, a Pew Research Center survey, a different one, from 2022, found that 88% of atheists accept that global climate change is a serious problem. That feels good, at least. Feels better. Yeah, that's higher than any other religious group. White evangelicals are, like I said, heading backwards, though. The only groups that accept the crisis more than the average American are us, the nuns, Jews, and Hispanic Catholics. What? Very specific group, yeah. Sorry, that one really took me by surprise. Hispanic Catholics? Hispanic Catholics, 31% of them accept the climate crisis. That's so specific. Very specific. I love that. Uh-huh. Um, if there's any consolation, I guess, it's that there's been a drop in the percentage of Americans who say religion is important in their lives at the, in the same decade. Because that means, by and large... Uh, This is to quote Mark Silk at Religion News Service. While white evangelicals have become less willing to consider climate change a crisis, there are significantly fewer of them. So if if religion is less important in your life, then maybe you're not going to be steered in the wrong direction by maybe your religious leaders. Yeah, Like the Republican Party we know is, here's the thing. The problem is that even if religion is less important in people's lives, mm-hmm. that ever-shrinking number of conservative Christians, they still have a lot of authority and in our galvanize. politics. And as they get smaller, they get meaner and stronger yeah. and, the and Republican, more entrenched. The Republican Party is full of right-wing Jesus lovers who ignore or downplay the threat of the crisis. And again, their spiritual leaders are not any better. It's not like the pastors say one thing and the congregation is different. In 2007, the Southern Baptist Convention, the largest Protestant denomination in America, they passed a resolution saying they were skeptical about evidence for climate change and man's contribution to it. I do always look for priests to uh, give me some science feedback. Yeah, Um, I'm just running down a list here. Preacher John MacArthur, who was one of many pastors to just ignore the COVID threat, he said in 2008... No one needed to worry about climate change because God intended, I'm quoting, God intended us to use this planet to fill this planet for the benefit of man. Never was intended to be a permanent planet. It's a disposable planet. Christians ought to know that. That's John MacArthur. A disposable planet? It's disposable, which I'll, I'll respond to that in a second. Another right-wing activist has said climate change is Satan's way of distracting us from the consequences of our sins. Can can These are the consequences of our sins. Uh Ken Ham, the creationist, says the only kind of climate change we need to worry about is... Oh, hell? Hell. That's right. Uh, Mark Driscoll, the abusive... Like, I got what the joke he thought he was making was, but it didn't make sense as a joke. It's not a... Yeah, he's not known for his humor. Mm, He's not Uh, known for much anything. Yeah, Mark Driscoll, the abusive Christian pastor, once said, at a Christian conference, no less, I know who made the environment, and he's coming back and gonna burn it all up. So, yeah, I drive an SUV. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Jeffress, the magacultist preacher. Hold on, I'm so sorry. I know I was silent, but just... The idea of... I believe he made fun of skinny jeans in the same sermon. It's been a while, though. I, I, you know, listen, I'm, I'm 
skinny jeans are it for me. I'm not going back. You can't. You can't make me. You can't make me. I'm not going back to flares. I'm not going to walk with. You're talking soaked, about climate change. With soaked bottoms of my pants. It's terrible. Skinny jeans for life. I don't understand no, jeans. Apparently. No. Okay. Listen. Not. It, it's this. It, it's the thumb and what's it? Thumb. Thumb your nose. It's the thumb sort of, your nose in God's face. It's just this sort of idea of like, um, no, I don't believe this. So I'm actively gonna make it worse. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just because in my heart, I think the reason that they are anti-climate change is because it would require any effort from them. That's genuinely what I think. I you think have to acknowledge that God made this thing and you're fucking it up and I mean, you need to do something to stop it. That's the weird thing. You could yeah. make the argument, even in Christian circles, you could make the argument that God gave us this planet and so it's our responsibility to take care of it. Isn't like stewardship of the earth a yeah. big fucking thing? It could be if they cared about it. I feel like By the way, Advent- Adventists Rob- are like big into st- like, uh, uh, stewardship. Thing? Seventh-day Adventist? I oh, think Adventist. their stewardship is Robert Jeffress, the mega cultist Southern Baptist preacher, has also said rainbows are God's way of reminding us, quote, that the polar ice caps are not going to melt and flood the world again, which no, isn't how anything works. No, rainbows um, are because light hits water and does a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm an idiot. And, and obviously, that. we can all point to and elected, gay pride. elected Republicans who say God will fix the environment because if there's a real problem, he'll take care of it. Uh-huh. Or that God will always give us time to solve the problem. Or we should stop paying attention to environmental concerns altogether because God promised he wouldn't destroy the world again. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Like, they, the white evangelicals are fed a steady stream of misinformation to the point where 49% of them now say climate change is, quote, mostly, only 49% say it's mostly caused by natural patterns in the Earth's environment. And it's not just natural. Like, man is contributing to the problem. Hey, but half what? of them think it's just, there's nothing we can do about it. It's just how it works. I also thought that in, like, 2011, and then... You learn stuff. I learned stuff yeah. and, and changed my mind. Yeah. Another 19% of evangelicals just say it's all a hoax, which is what their preferred presidential candidate they believes. love a hoax. Love mm. a hoax. I don't think they know what a hoax is. Like, Bigfoot was a hoax. Yeah, if you're worried about, like, Loch Ness fiction. Was a hoax. If they're worried about fiction being passed off as fact, then you're going to church, man. I don't know. The... Again, science-denying white evangelicals, they are selfish. They don't give a damn about the society they live in because that's what happens when you're deluded into thinking the afterlife is all that matters. So they don't have any problem with letting this world burn, um, and they don't care if they're making the problem worse. They think they're getting closer to where they want to be, and so they don't have any affinity to the planet we all live on right now. My... uh... Like, their faith-based beliefs are making everything worse for everyone. My, uh, my friend Leslie and I were having a conversation um, about in-the-way people, um, which she calls doorway people, and I really, really like that. So in-the-way people, doorway people, these are the people who are driving the speed limit in the left lane while people pass them on the right. These are the people who just stop in the middle of a hallway because they forgot to do something and everybody walks into them. 
Um, we call them doorway people because there is a certain caliber of people who just doesn't feel comfortable going into a room. They just kind of stand and hover in the doorway and then are just in everybody's way. They're in everyone's way. way. Um, mm. These people are doorway people. These people are so deeply up their own ass that they do not consider that their actions have consequences beyond their individual lives. And I think that's the really um, frustrating thing about Christianity is that it's got, and I keep trying to read Jesus and John Wayne, but my brain isn't accepting new information right book. now. Um, I really want to read it. I just have been like panic rereading romance novels because my brain is hurting. Um, but uh, it, it, it's this tenant of Christianity has gotten so mixed up in this American individualistic, rugged, like I watch it, I look out for me and my own. Um, and that is really hard for me to watch happen. And it's a conversation I've had with family members of mine that like, well, it's not good, especially like around the Trump thing when that happened. I had a billion family members tell me, well, it's not going to affect you. So what are you worried about? Which A, it did. And B, that's just how the world works. Of course I care about people who aren't me. Otherwise, what's the point of living in a society? It's the the lack of care for their fellow man is is not only uh, confusing but it's absolutely infuriating because these things that they I don't I could, understand I could how quote you, Jesus talking about how it's important to care for the least of these I was just about to say like I don't understand how I mean it's car compartmentalization it's you can't logic somebody out of something they didn't like I, I understand why it is the way it is but it's just so insane that they follow this guy who, you know, helped sex workers and healed the sick and fed the hungry. And that was his only jam. And they have somehow perverted it so hard. They that swapped him out for Trump. They really did. And it's 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 hard to watch. Yeah, not just Trump. I mean, they did this decades ago, but oh, also they, it was Reagan. It they don't with Reagan. actually don't care him. about anything Jesus did. And... Uh, kudos mean, to like the four evangelicals the white evangelicals who are actually trying to make a case to churches like you guys need to care about the climate and then they watch their religion just backsliding on the issue no matter how hard they try and listen every time I talk to my Seventh Day Adventist friends they're talking about everyone's leaving the church like this church is closing and every time something like this comes up I will look her <laughs> my friend Corey dead in the eye and go huh I wonder why people aren't going to church anymore, Corey. Do you think it's because they slut-shamed your daughters in public? Yeah. I bet that's part of it. I do hope. They didn't break this down by age, I don't think. But uh, this is one maybe optimistic way of looking at this, which is that younger evangelicals who are slightly, relatively, more liberal on issues like gay rights and mm -hmm. things like that, maybe they feel the same way about the environmental issues as well. And if they take it seriously enough, they're going to part ways from their religion eventually. Mm -hmm. I hope that's the case. But again, when you're in the system and you're part of that movement, yep. it's hard to break away, period. But maybe younger evangelicals who take this stuff seriously, maybe they have something to say about it. And mm -hmm. if you're not going to change your church, then you need to get out of the church. Absolutely. Because uh, they're making the problem worse. Mm -hmm. Let me go to Wait, a store. No. Oh, you got stuff. I got stuff. This one is I from... I forgot. There could be happy things I to know. talk about. I know. I, I'm... I'm 
like doing little stepping stones across this terrible episode oh, okay. with these. Uh, this is from Isaac, who uh, hung out with us in Missoula when I got inappropriately drunk. I appreciate so much about both of you as people and the work you do, as well as the humanity, vulnerability, and honesty, honesty you bring to the world of current events podcasts. I've cried while listening, felt encouraged by the podcast, and felt seen. As a trans person, I appreciate that y'all support us and use inclusive language. I also got to enjoy Twin Peaks with the gripes guiding me through it. Daddy's a wonderful co-host, and even though the logo is weirdly, <laughs> very weirdly placed, I will always hey. cherish my friendly atheist t-shirt. Yeah, dog, we fucked that up clean. Um, Isaac actually has like a sweet little friendship with my husband now because he started listening to, Mikey and I did a podcast called uh, Cooper Duper about uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, my husband's a massive fan of Twin Peaks and I've also seen it. Um, but we watched through, it was a quarantine thing, but Isaac started watching Twin Peaks and is just like chatting with Mikey and Mikey <laughs> just wants to talk to anybody about Twin Peaks. It's very cute. This is from Carrie W. I love this podcast and look forward to it every week. As an atheist in the Bible belt, a blue dot in a sea of red, listening to the post podcast every week feels like a short chance to hang out with like-minded people. I was raised in a strict religious environment. The podcast still brings up things that make me go, oh, wow, I only think this way about XYZ because it was basically brainwashed to think that. It's opened my mind and I appreciate it. I love Hemant's level-headed approach and I also love screaming in horror along with Jessica and raging about the patriarchy. Cheers to at least 500 more episodes, including all of the mom and dad are fighting moments when y'all disagree, the fragile male, male egos that can't handle Jess's opinions, and the rush to whine about it in the reviews. Aww, Thank you, Carrie. Thanks. That's really nice, you guys. Let's talk about New Jersey. Uh, there's a New Jersey man. His name is James Tassone, or Tassoni, sorry. But he's a libertarian who has run for office multiple times in the past. He ran for state senate in 2017 and 2021. He ran for the U.S. House in 2018. He lost badly in every <laughs> single one of these elections. Did you have to say badly, or was that I a little did. bit of editorialization? No editorializing whatsoever. But he was always able to get on the ballot because why? there's nothing standing in his way as long as he does whatever you need to do to get on the ballot. Now he wants to run for the U.S. House again, but apparently New Jersey's paperwork is now getting in his way. That's because, according to the, uh, the New Jersey Secretary of State, he has to sign a piece of paper that is an oath of allegiance. <laughs> and at the very end of this, like I solemnly swear or affirm that I will support the constitution of the country and the state, yada, yada, yada. At the very end, it says, so help me God. And so uh -huh. when he was considering a similar run in 2022, before the midterms, he asked if he could sign that statement but cross out those last four words because he doesn't believe in God. Sure. And the state said no. Really? One official told him you can't modify the oath in any way, and if you wanted to change it, uh, this person said you should, quote, reach out to your legislatures to see if they would be willing to introduce a bill that would change this which is really the least helpful bit of advice ever. Wow. So he didn't run for office in 2022. And FFRF sent a letter to those state officials in 2022 saying you can't do that sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. The U.S. Constitution, New Jersey Constitution, they forbid a religious test for public office. Mm -hmm. And requiring, I'm quoting now, requiring someone who is running for elected office in New Jersey to profess to a God in which they do not believe would make a mockery out of the oath and the solemn promise to support the Constitution. And, frankly, religion. Yeah, and FFRF mentioned the oath taken by state lawmakers doesn't have a religious reference. Hmm. Neither do oaths for other New Jersey officials. So, like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. 
uh, FFRF, Freedom From Religion Foundation, did not get a response from New Jersey at that. Really? They didn't get a response at that time. They sent a follow-up. They didn't get a response to that either. Is that usual? Like, do they expect to get a, a prompt response when they send out stuff? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't I think know. it's fair to ask for a response and to receive a response, even if it's something small and pithy. Like a form and letter. Like, yeah. yeah, but to respond like, hey, we think you're doing something illegal here. Sure. And for the state to just ignore it, that's weird. Because that's also the precursor to a lawsuit. That is correct. So now, that was in 2022. Okay. Guy didn't run for office because he couldn't cross out that phrase. Mm-hmm. He wants to run again next year for U.S. House. Same rule is in place. He still can't cross it off. So now he is suing the state, and the Freedom From Religion Foundation is helping him. Sure. Basically, uh, Tosoni wants to make sure non-religious candidates like himself are not forced to lie about their beliefs in order to run for office. The lawsuit calls for a permanent injunction to prevent state officials from requiring candidates to swear, so help me God. And this is all New Jersey specifically, right? Yes. And he's calling for the state to provide alternatives to those who request them, which is something they've already done, because the oath says... I, my name, do solemnly swear, and then in in parentheses it says to or affirm, which means they must have added that in because some people don't want to take, they don't want to swear on a Bible or something. They just want to affirm the oath. And New Jersey gives them a chance to do that. So why don't you just do that to so help me God? But he wasn't given that option. And this, I think, this is what happens when religion is treated like a default setting. Yeah. Like if the oath for office included a line about, hey, God doesn't help anyone, so you need to elect me as a candidate, Christians would be mad. But because religious belief and Christianity specifically gets so much unearned respect in society, oaths like these in New Jersey... I think a lot of people just look at that and they're not phased by it. They see it as harmless and universal. I don't think they even notice it. Yeah, they don't the notice it because way, they're like, oh, yeah, thanking God. Of course we do. The same way do. I don't think about, like, to whom it may concern. Like, I don't think about that. It's just the way you start a form letter or whatever. Yeah. And, but what they don't realize is they're forcing non-religious or non-monotheistic candidates mm. to choose between beginning their candidacy with a lie yeah. or not running for office at all. What would you do in his position? Uh, if I wanted to run and they made me do that, mm-hmm. if you like, okay, so even better, how like seriously you want... do I think I can win this seat? I don't know why you're running I for thought, office, Hammett. If let's, I thought, let's dig I, in. if I thought I wanted to run for office and I actually thought I had a shot at winning, uh-huh. honestly, part of me thinks, all right, this is not the thing I'm gonna not the uh, hill I'm gonna die on, not the hill I'm gonna die on because I'm trying to do something bigger than this. That would be my instinct. But too. if I thought, listen, I'm already running a long shot candidacy. So I am trying to make a point. Listen, there are atheists who have run for office in high positions, not because they thought they legitimately thought they could win, mm-hmm. but because they were running to make a point about how they don't have to swear an oath on the Bible. Mm-hmm. They, it's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. right now running to make a point about something stupid. I don't know what well, it is. Well, that means every, like... Every third-party like, candidate. Andrew Yang of, like... Right. Just a... Th- yeah, exactly. You're doing it for selfish reasons, and maybe there's a noble purpose... To it, maybe. I mean, I, I, I don't know, self... I, yes, I guess. But I, I think a lot of those people are like, this is the place to get my thing platformed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Yang, to his credit, Yang did Like, UBI is a conversation we are hand, hand, yeah. having now. And then if you're doing his current thing, which is, we just need a third party. Ignoring now him? you're stupid. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Like, Currently, I'm ignoring If Yang. I thought this guy had any chance of ruining a race... I would be pissed off about the fact that he's running. Gotcha. I don't think his candidacy will change the meter either way. So the fact that he's... So he's pivoting and getting attention this way. 
he would not say that. I am saying that. The fact that he's turning this candidacy into, I'm using my candidacy and I'm filing a lawsuit because you won't allow me to be a candidate. Yeah, that wasn't a value judgment. That right. was just an, expla- an explanation of like, uh, well, I, uh, this is the thing that I... Th- he decided this is the hill I want to die on. Yes. And, okay, th- th- can I get more eyes on this by signing it and, like, running this race and talking about it? Or by... Well, he couldn't raise he couldn't raise the issue unless he was actually trying to be a candidate. The mm-hmm. fact that he was a candidate in the past mm-hmm. suggests he's not just doing this for shits and giggles. Right. He actually does want to be on the ballot. Right. And he can't because New Jersey law is standing in his way. So on that front, good for him. I hope he wins because yeah. he's right. At the same time, I, I mean, he's a libertarian. I don't want to meet him, but like, I yeah, don't he's want him right to thing. win the race. Yeah, but he's right to file this lawsuit. Yeah. So that's all that matters in this case. Yeah, we can we can hold two things to be true that aren't <laughs> necessarily yeah. the same. Exactly. All right. Do more we have any nice other nice things. things? Nice things. Nice things. Okay, this is from Amy S. So, <laughs> so. Roughly 500 times, this nice lady has invited her friend over to her house so he can tell her the news and ruin her week. Then (laughs) men leave reviews about how much she is too emotional and talks too much. It doesn't sound like it would work, but here we all are in this parasocial relationship with these two, listening in on their conversation week after week. Thank you so much for all you do to keep us informed and feeling part of a community. That's really nice. And then from Ronel... Uh, these two are the best. I can't believe we're only 500 episodes. Oh my God, Ronel, hard disagree. <laughs> I so wish I could make it to the meetup, but unfortunately, this would involve international travel. Please keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Ronel. Appreciate it. Somebody invite us to like London. Could you please? Like, and when I say invite us, I mean fly us and put us up and pay us. Totally. Please. Yeah. Let's talk about Poland. International segue. Okay. Over Finally. The, over the between twenty eleven. That's yeah. where she's from. Twenty eleven and twenty twenty one. During that decade, the percentage of Catholics in Poland dropped from eighty eight percent to seventy one point three percent. Mikey just walked in the room with two big thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> he knows this story. Yeah. That's Good according job, to new census data that just gave us data about the 2021 census Mm. and what it finds is that there used to be 33.7 million catholics in poland that number is down to 27.1 million a lot of people leaving and it seems like they're all going to the nones nuns the percentage of nuns has jumped to 6.9 percent tripling the percentage uh from 2011 when it was 2.4 percent And That's I think a fast turnaround, huge huh? Huge turnaround. And maybe even more significantly, in 2011, only about 7% of people refused to answer the religion question on the survey. 7% of people 7%. refused to answer. Okay. Didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. That number is now over 20%. And you have to imagine a lot of those people are like, not Catholic, but I don't want to say I'm not yeah, Catholic. Yeah, we definitely can't count them among the nuns, but right. there's a Better than not chance that most of them are. Yeah. They don't want to say because they're Catholic publicly in any sort of way, even though it's anonymous. I mean, people, or they're non-religious and don't want to admit it. I, and I've, I've spoken to people who are like somewhere on that train, on that like spectrum of being like, I'm Catholic. I call myself Catholic. I do not go to church. And so I think there's also a, a process of being like, wait, am I like, what does it mean to be right. Catholic anymore? So they're in this state of limbo when it comes to their religious affiliation. But again, it's the same wow. story we heard um, about like 
any survey you want to point to at this point, which is that the percentage of Christians, the percentage of Catholics goes down. Mm -hmm. Most of the other religions stay the same, Mm -hmm. give or take a little bit of movement. And then it's the non-religious side that jumps up Mm -hmm. in proportion to whatever the religious Christian side lost. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's interesting. There's a website called Notes from Poland, which is English language news about Poland. They actually pointed to another takeaway here. Muslims in Poland are now literally outnumbered by what? Atheists? There are there are 2209 Muslims. And they're outnumbered by I have no idea. Pastafarians. Whoa. Yeah. I did not the realize Church we were still of the doing Pastafarians. Spag- Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, literally a parody religion has more members than the Muslim Religious Union. Wow. Yeah. So I why, mean, I can't, yeah. So why is all this happening? Well, you could take wild guesses here, but in 2021, we are saying we had the Catholic Church in Poland admitting that in the three years prior, they have heard new complaints against 292 clergy members mm. who allegedly abused 368 children, nearly half of whom were under 15, mm. over the course of 62 years. That comes after a ch- report from the Catholic Church covering allegations they learned about from 1990 to 2018 that implicated 382 priests with 625 victims. So all of those stories have come out over the past decade. There were also two eye-popping documentaries about Catholic Church abuse released by Polish filmmakers, really? which raises more awareness of the church's crimes. I was wondering. You have the authoritarian right-wing government's policies when it comes to civil rights, they're against them, mm-hmm. and abortion, they're against it. Mm-hmm. All of their policies align with Catholic doctrine, and a lot of decent people are like, don't like this Trumpy sort of government here yeah. we have going. And because they're basing what they're doing in Catholicism, I want nothing to do with the faith either. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you some examples of that, the Archbishop of Krakow, Poland, called the LGBTQ community a, quote, rainbow plague. Yikes. Uh-huh. The church has a hardline conservative stance on women's rights uh, because they have a near total ban on abortion. Mm-hmm. Um And I'm just reading from an article here. It seems that through its political impact and close affiliation with the governing coalition, the Catholic Church in Poland has accelerated the cultural and generational shift against religious conservatism. Young people don't want to be affiliated with the right-wing government, which also means they want nothing to do with the right-wing church that is uh, underpinning it. Listen, the Catholic Church spent 2,000 years fucking around, and it is about to find out. Yeah. Almost a third of the youngest generation of Polish people are now non-believers. I mean, so uh, you could see what the future is going to look like if they're allowed to do whatever it is they're going to do. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's so fascinating huge. stuff. That's really interesting. And the interesting thing here is if younger Catholics are walking away from the church they're not likely to indoctrinate their own child, their own children, into the faith, which takes away the biggest weapon the church has to keep people in the fold. I mean, just to give you some other stuff here, the number of people enrolling in seminary in Poland has gone from 6,800 in 2000 Mm. to 1,900 today. 
Holy shit. Yeah, why would you choose... Less than a third? Yeah, why would you choose the priesthood when the church is responsible for so much suffering? Well, and now if you just are all about the frocks and stuff, we're a little more liberal. You can just wear that shit whenever you want. You don't have to be <laughs> right? a priest. And at least in the past, maybe those younger Catholics might have stayed in the fold because they had Pope John Paul II, who from, who's from Poland. Mm. They had him to look up to. Hard to imagine a lot of those young people are looking to the Vatican for inspiration, even with Pope Francis. Yeah, because... Why would you? I I mean, it's just... It just feels like as a species, we're just outgrowing the need for religion. Like, people... I think now... I don't know if it's the internet or, or TV and mass media and things like that, but, like, People are learning life lessons. People are learning to be kind and thoughtful and, and, and good human beings, not in church. Yeah. And so... And you're definitely not learning that in church. Well, and, and then if you are going to church and they're telling you, don't do X, Y, and Z, and then you find out that that's all they're doing in the back, like... Yeah, yeah, How are you supposed to... Like, it's so, On like, many do as I say, not as I do. And we're not children. And many of the most pressing moral issues of our time, the Catholic Church has taken the path the of evil. Absolutely. I mean, they've left behind women, LGBTQ people, and everyone who loves them. So, yeah, yeah. if they're alienating younger people, that's their own damn fault. So, some good news yeah. out of Poland, at least in theory for the future. Mm-hmm. I got one more story for you. Do Wait. you want to read anything else? Yeah, I've got a bunch more. Uh, okay, from Phil, living in a red state is sometimes quite frustrating. I look forward to your show every week, and it was a thrill to meet the two of you. Thanks, Phil. It was great meeting you, too. Um, this is from Eilet, A-Y-E-L-E-T, Eilet, I guess, P. Uh, thank you, Hammett and Jessica, for keeping us informed, entertained, and horrified every week. That's no small feat. We appreciate yeah. you so much. From Angie, who I just uh, hung out with in Louisville, uh, she went on a haunted ghost tour with me and Leslie, and it Aww. was very fun and silly. The two of you created something so special, oh, so special for the world, particularly the secular world, and I'm so glad... You do what you do. You obviously have fun usually doing it. Thank you so much for all of it, for hanging out with us every week, and for taking the lame criticisms with a grain of saltiness they are. Uh, thanks, That's Angie. That's sweet. One last story for you here. Uh, this is one more survey, but there's been a lot of research coming out this week. This is a new report from the Pew Research Center, and it specifically focused on Asian Americans and what and it's a huge survey. I haven't seen one this big about Asian Americans specifically. You didn't get surveyed? I did not get surveyed, which is unfair because uh, I am the only Asian American. Uh-huh. Or something. But anyway, the bottom line is Asian Americans, just like everyone else in the country, are ditching Christianity and becoming religiously affili- unaffiliated. Uh-huh. And what they found is between 2012, the last time they surveyed this population, and now, uh, so over a decade, Asian Americans who are Christian dropped from 42% to 34%. Wow. Big drop. Wow. And the religiously unaffiliated Asian Americans went from 26% to 32%. So Mm. we're almost tied, but that's a huge rise in unaffiliated Asian Americans. What were the top religious affiliations like outside of christianity yeah which is at 34 percent now there's 11 percent of asians who are buddhist okay 11 percent hindu six mm-hmm. percent muslim and then everybody else only six percent muslim yeah 
Because you have, I mean, Chinese people by and large are not Muslim. So if you're oh, talking Asian yeah, Americans as a about, whole, yeah. you got a lot of different groups. And they actually separated it up into various ethnicities because you have to, because we're to. all over the place. So if you look at East Asians, like 59% of Koreans are Christian mm. and their none rates are much lower, 34%. Mm. If you look at Chinese Americans, 23% Christian, 56% none. Interesting. If you look at South Asians, Indian people, 15% Christian, 48% Hindu, 15% none. Hmm. Filipinos are overwhelmingly Christian, 74% compared to 23% nuns. Vietnamese, uh, only 36% Christian and 23% nuns. I want pho. So... Yeah, it's it's all wow. over the place. You, like it would be unfair, kind of, to lump Asian Americans, which it's, they had to do to give a round number. Yeah. But if you break it down by the specific type, mm. you go all over the place here. Um, one other interesting element of this survey is the Pew Research people asked respondents, "Do you actually identify with a particular faith, or do you just feel like an affinity toward that faith?" You're close to it because of your background or your culture. So like culturally Catholic, culturally Jewish. And it's like there's a lot of people who might identify as Buddhists and they are they have an affinity to Buddhism. Mm -hmm. But also you could have an affinity to multiple faiths Mm. because you're not like, yes, I'm right, but everyone else is wrong. I mean, talk to any white dude atheist. They're going to tell you all of the religious shit they went through before they landed on atheism. I tried Buddhism. I tried (laughs) this. Trust me, they'll tell you. So this is interesting. 11% of Asian Americans said they identify as Buddhists, but 21% said they have an affinity to it. Only 11% of Asians identify as Hindu, but another 6% just felt close to the religion. And in fact, 40% of Asian Americans felt close to a religion with which they don't personally identify. Would you say that you still feel close to Jainism? No. At all? I wouldn't, but I could totally get why culturally, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, it. you're still it's vegetarian, yeah. things like that. Only 12% of Asian Americans said, I have no connection, affinity to any of the religions or philosophical traditions measured so in So 12% survey. flat atheist. Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. Um, and how does that compare to... Americans yeah. in general. Yeah. You know what? I don't have that one in front I of really me. I really almost said, how does that compare to white people? And then I was just like, there's, there's no way that's what I want to <laughs> ask. That's not the correct question. I mean, I think that numbers between 20% are nuns uh-huh. at this point, 20 to 30%. And it goes up when you get younger. Interesting. Um, another interesting. interesting one. 77% of Asian Americans said they would be comfortable if a family member married outside the faith. 77%, which is that's way higher than I would have predicted. Because... and. Thinking about that, that means if you're marrying outside the faith, which a lot of Asian Americans do because you're in populations with other people, Mm. um, there's a far slimmer chance that if you have kids, you're going to raise them in one particular religion. Mm -hmm. And again, one of the best ways, especially for smaller religions, to keep it going is to pass it down to your kids. And so, like, you can have shared values even if you don't have the religious label. But if three quarters of Asian Americans are cool with someone marrying outside the faith, that means there's a much wider tolerance for people who are of a different faith Mm -hmm. or no faith at all. And once they have kids who are not indoctrinated into a particular faith, that link is going to go as well. And you said this is all Asian Americans, right? Okay, so this is all just like the the diaspora of Asian people coming into the U.S. So interesting. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'd be very very curious to see uh, Asian American numbers compared to 
Asian natives. Like, right. Like I want to know what a Japanese American versus a Japanese person. Yeah. is likely. Um, that would be really interesting. For to what me. it's worth, uh, of the religiously unaffiliated Asian Americans, 62% are younger than 50. Most 62% are younger than 50. Okay. Yep, wow. Most of them are foreign born. Mm. Uh, most of them are Democrats, 62%. Yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> and there's no, re- and, and most of them make over a hundred, uh, sorry, 32% of them make over $150,000 household income. Is that you? I wish. Uh, <laughs> sure. Why not? No. Um, 21. I mean, it was, that's true of Asians in general. They tend to make more money in the United States. Mm. But what's surprising to me is like, yeah, even when you break it down, religiously unaffiliated Asian Americans, uh, there's really no trend when mm. it comes to household income. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. But just fascinating that really the future of Asian Americans, then, if you say, wait, there's a, a large group of them mm. who are religiously unaffiliated who are under 50, mm-hmm. that means a lot of the Asian Americans who are having kids in the future are probably raising them without religion as yeah. well. And which means that religious affinity to faiths, that's going to start to drop off. I mean, any first, second generation mm-hmm. immigrant is going to tell you, yeah. yeah, I feel less of a tie to my ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to religion, that's kind of the only link you have. You're doing it to keep your parents happy. Really? And so as that tie breaks over subsequent generations, you're going to see a much larger growth of the non-religious. Which is great, but by the time we have enough non-religious people to actually like run the country, it's going to be on fire and underwater at the same time. But we will control that hellfire <laughs> of an earth. Bow down to my people. I own you. That's what I take away from the that report. That one got me. That was a good one, Hammond. Um, all right. More nice thing. Are we... Is this, I'm done. Are you done? All right. I'm just going to slam jam through a few of these. This is from Miles. Um, I just want to say how much I appreciate you both. I started listening at some point several years ago while deconstructing my conservative Christian beliefs. Your show means so much to me, and I look forward to listening every week. I feel a little less alone in my feelings about religion when I hear you both getting upset about the things I do. Keep up the amazing work. I will say... I understand this vibe so hard of like I I feel like I'm the only person who sees this this way and nobody else does mm. am I the crazy person um from Lisa I learned about the podcast from the page on on Pathios and I'm so glad I started listening this is the first atheist podcast I started listening to when I started deconstructing my faith Ooh, deconstructing a lot of tossing yes. that around I absolutely love the way the show brings logic and reason obviously Jess and emotion obviously Hemet to the articles and ideas you discuss um got another one got it can't even tell you how much you've meant to my post deconversion stress ability to relax while listening because you won't treat women's and trans rights as negotiable and a weekly pathway to mentally and emotionally process the horrors of christian nationalist cruelty through hemens it's not that hard to spell jesus (laughs) (laughs) it really isn't hard to spell gang there's no double letters anywhere in there don't overthink it um frustration and christian right bro white bro sarcastic voice and humor and jess's intelligent quick retorts and sorry justified pain rage and humor yeah I'm still, I'm not trying to kiss ass and I'm still too single mom poor to Patreon, but thank you. I hope you consider again more popular because you're, you're such a needed perspective in American politics. Thanks for being out there uh, and easing and invigorating and motivating. And then it cut off because I took a screen grab of That's it. All um, right. But thank you, Kathy. That was really thank kind. Thank you. Um, 
Thank Listen, you. Listen, I have three we more. Should... I'm going to just slam to the Go room. for it. From Mandy, I look forward to the show every week. Jess always makes me feel as I, uh, Jess often makes me feel seen as I often feel people aren't angry enough about the state of the world, and I feel very deeply too. Jess's same passion makes me feel not so alone. On a personal note, Jess's laugh sounds just like my best friend Jessie's laugh. She lives far away, but every time I hear Jess laugh, it makes me think of my friend and makes me smile. Ugh. Um, Melissa John, I assume that's a marriage thing. Um, my favorite podcast, thank you, uh, Jessica and Hemant, for all you do. And then finally from Stephanie, oh, Stephanie Christian, thank you both for opening this podcast for hosting this podcast. I look forward to it every week. I was raised in a fairly strict Christian home with multiple generations of pastors and missionaries in the family. Ugh. It's taken me years to see the reality, to see the reality in your show is educated, inspired me. Jess, thanks for doing what you do. Both my girls attend equine therapy and it's the highlight of their week. Oh, Stephanie, that's so wonderful. Um, speaking of which, I mean, this is for you and everybody. Um, this weekend, the 14th and the 15th, uh, the Hanson Center, we're having our annual Horse show and fall fest. It is a family event. It's super fun. We'll have the goats out. There's vendors. There's food. Um, Rain or shine will be there. It's going to be super, super, super fun. And it's really easy to get to. It's just like I-55 and 294, basically, in in Burr Ridge. Please come hang out. See my riders. Be amazing. Um, And yeah. Oh, my God. Do we have to do a bonus episode? Fuck. Um, I'm just going to keep reading. So much stuff. I'm just going to keep reading nice comments in the bonus you episode. Get, sounds good. That's all I'm doing. You know where to find us. Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Hey, Hannah. Congratulations. Yo. Hey, 500 congrats. Episodes. We did the thing. We got like 10 more to go and then we're calling it quits. Oh my God. I'm so tired. I cannot wait to quit. <laughs> we'll uh, see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I was just kidding.